we're back for another episode of y'all and coronavirus is making us all readjust and restart in some ways things do things with our life we've never done before and we know from what the president at the white house this week with his his tone his demeanor was alarming letting us know that there's a very good chance we're going to have six figures hundred thousand plus people perhaps die from the coronavirus here in this country alone it's startling Um, who would have ever thought this just a few weeks ago we're going to talk about the coronavirus and more here on today's program that covers everything southern i am john rawl and our number to connect to us here at the y'all show 803-816-1170 our website is y'all.com y'all the ultimate guide to the south speaking of y'all.com toward the end of the hour we're going to have a y'all.com showcase of a couple of really good stories that are very very good for us right now in this time where we're having to stay at home whether we've been ordered to or it's just a smart thing to do we've got a couple of things up at y'all.com that will help you out and if you're stuck at home with nothing to do we've got a couple of stories like clean your car like a pro we'll walk through a few of the tips from that story and then spring lawn landscaping cleanup tips yes it's spring yes you've got to stick around the house and your grass is growing you're going to have to cut that lawn why not have the best looking lawn you've ever had this year let's make a positive out of this virus and a lot of you are out right now doing home improvement projects and stuff because you've all of a sudden got this time you never thought you'd have when your family's there they have nothing to do let's all have beautiful houses and lawns if nothing else here for the next couple of weeks all that is part of our y'all.com preview and that's all coming here toward the end of this hour when we get to hour two of today's program we'll have by the book to start out hour two and kirkus reviews is going to help us out once again as they've come out with a great picks for a virtual book club and we'll walk through those picks at the start of hour two in our buy the book showcase where we give authors and great books a little bit of a spotlight and speaking of a great author and a little bit of a spotlight the spotlight's going to shine on sean dietrich in hour two he is from walton county florida he's known as sean of the south and sean of the south has penned about 11 books now his newest book is called will the circle be unbroken and he's going to be on an hour two to talk about it as well as his role of going around the south telling stories talking about his books and also performing some music oh yeah by the way sean dietrich sean of the south is a barbecue judge we're going to have a fantastic conversation with sean of the south coming up in hour two on today's y'all program and as we wrap up today's program we're going to have our sec spotlight we're actually going to hear from a couple of sec football coaches kirby smart of the georgia bulldogs he had a teleconference this week with members of the media and he addressed the coronavirus and how it's made his program adapt just like every other college sports programs had to adapt and coach smart's going to weigh in on that and then to lighten things up mike leach the brand new quarterback of the other dogs of the sec the mississippi state kind of canines mississippi state hired mike leach at the beginning of this year and he's the new man in stark vegas and he had some fun on a teleconference with some espn out of seattle radio talk show host talking about sec mascots and he also has some things to say about tiger king all that coming up when we have our sec spotlight in our two 
Let's get into the headlines of the South right now. And as we said, it's just getting to be awful what's going on with the coronavirus, specifically right here in this country. As we know now that we're close to 5,000 deaths in the country as of Wednesday. New York State had 227 deaths in one day. And that was Tuesday into Wednesday. They had those deaths there in the Empire State. New Jersey trails the state of New York with the total cases, as New York has almost 85,000. New Jersey is close to now 25,000 cases of positive cases of coronavirus. And then Michigan is in thirds with over 9,000 cases. California, oddly enough, the largest state in the country. And this is a good thing, although still alarming numbers. California, right around 9,000 confirmed cases. The total deaths in the state of California right now sitting at 184. Here in the South, Florida has close to 7,000 positive cases of coronavirus and nearly 100 deaths. Louisiana is is really getting hit hard about 6500 positive cases louisiana's already had close to 300 deaths from covid 19 our other southern states to note the state of georgia has close to 5000 cases with almost 150 deaths the state of texas 3700 plus and 56 deaths reported on wednesday the state of Tennessee has 2,500-plus cases and almost 25 deaths in the volunteer state. Maryland, just shy of 2,000 cases with 31 deaths. North Carolina, with over 1,500 positive cases and 10 deaths in the Tar Heel state. Virginia's got close to five, uh, rather 1,500 total cases with almost 35 deaths. Missouri with 1,300-plus de- uh, cases, 14 deaths. South Carolina has gone over the 1,000 mark as South Carolina's pushing 1,100 positive cases and 22 deaths. Mississippi also has 22 deaths. Mississippi has just over 1,000 positive cases. Alabama now over 1,000 as they've reached 1,013 and 26 deaths. Remember, for a while, Alabama was surging more than some of our other states, but right now Mississippi's gone past Alabama in the number of total cases. Alabama still has more deaths than Mississippi. It's neighbor to the west. Oklahoma with over 700 positive cases and 30 deaths. And you have the state of Kentucky with almost 600 positive cases, 17 deaths there in the bluegrass. Our nation's capital, D.C., with almost 600 positive cases and 11 deaths. The natural state of Arkansas, just around 600 cases and 8 deaths. And then you have the state of West Virginia. West Virginia now is not the state that has zero cases as they were for a while. West Virginia, almost 200 cases and one death reported in the mountain state. And there's not a single state or territory in our entire country that does not have a case of the coronavirus. In fact, I think every state other than Wyoming has reported at least one death. Wyoming still does not have a death reported, although they do have 130 positive cases. The power of this awful virus just continues to wreak havoc on the entire world and we're seeing it right here in our country as again here in this country with our death total right now eclipsing over 4,000 we're at almost 5,000 deaths and positive cases in this country now over 200,000 and growing sadly we're hoping that curve will be flattened as fast as it possibly can be but it is 
not a good sign here and we'll continue to share the numbers now as we said louisiana has been hit rather hard and tracking the coronavirus cases in the pelican state they've had over 6400 total people positive for the coronavirus and just about 300 deaths and when you break it down looking at the state of louisiana where these cases are coming from almost every parish as of wednesday had coronavirus cases the only parishes in the state that did not have any cases reported cameron which is the very far southwest corner of the state of louisiana on the texas line and on the gulf of mexico that that parish has zero cases also zero cases reported in caldwell parish as well as madison rather tensas parish which is on the mississippi river kind of sort of across from vicksburg mississippi and then west carroll parish in the extreme northeast corner of louisiana on the arkansas line is where you'll find west carroll parish those are the cases now if you zoom in closer with the state of louisiana to the most populated parish in the state is orleans parish and right or is that yeah orleans is new orleans orleans got over 2270 positive cases 115 deaths reported and then its neighbors in the new orleans area saint bernard with 94 cases and three deaths and then you have jefferson parish jefferson parish has 1433 cases and 64 deaths and if you work to the north shore saint tammany it's got 270 cases six deaths and tangipoa has 33 cases two deaths and even on the mississippi line in the sort of the north shore of louisiana washington parish 39 cases and two deaths reported and then when you go even to the other corner of the state to where shreveport is caddo parish 298 cases with seven deaths bosher 70 cases one death not as bad there in the northwest corner of the state of louisiana but still this state getting hit just like every other part of our country is right now and john bell edwards is having daily press conferences doing his part to kind of again flatten the curve as fast as we possibly can get to that point and save as many lives as as we certainly can now one thing that is very important here in the south is that unfortunately we're a rural part of our country and therefore a lot of our small towns and small counties only have one hospital if they even have that going for them and as this virus continues to spread some of our hospitals our small town and small county hospitals are actually not in business and they the doors they they either were already closed or they're having to readjust and they're being closed down to help out the more larger areas of a particular state and there there's nearly 200 rural hospitals that are classified that nationwide and a lot of people are extremely worried about what's going to happen to these hospitals like for example in alabama you have in Carrollton, alabama the hospital there has been at least shut down to some degree and it's not a not good there for those residents there in pickens county which is on the mississippi line the nearest hospital for example there is 30 miles away i assume that might be in columbus mississippi is where they're referencing but yes as people have their daily health struggles people who are on dialysis people that need to go to the doctors they're not able to go to their local closest hospital because it's been shut down already or it was shut down here 
as the healthcare systems having to readjust and all this stuff that unfortunately people who need their regular rural hospital they're having a hard time and you've seen a lot of closures and more and now with these closures in our rural areas happening at a time where there's a pandemic going on it's scary scary stuff out there so we feel for you we hope that the federal government's doing their part to get some of these needed supplies to the more rural areas the pickens counties of the world and hopefully that the pickens counties and the other counties of the whole country will be with a little bit more time more ready to go to try to fight off let's say you have to come in and have you have a severe case of the COVID 19 and you need to get on a, a ventilator or something they at least will have some of those available for you that's that's the hope but we may not be there and especially in our rural areas we're going to be real real challenged a COVID 19 related story to pass along this happened in hutchins texas a trailer that was carrying toilet paper a tractor trailer rig and its trailer caught fire near dallas and this spilled this toilet paper all over the interstate and this happened there on interstate 45 in the dallas area fire shut down westbound lanes of i-20 and the texas department of transportation came out took a look the driver of the truck is okay that's good news but the toilet paper appeared to be large rolls typically used in stores restaurants and other businesses and the load of toilet paper burned extensively according to a local media outlet there in the dallas area toilet paper has been in high demand amid the coronavirus pandemic producers have ramped up production and shipping operations to resupply stores that have been wiped out by consumers buying toilet paper and paper towels in bulk and here we go with a whole load of tractor uh, tractor trailer as you might have seen that recent meme out there of burt reynolds and jerry reed instead of Spokey the bandit hauling back coors from texas to georgia they put a charmin logo on the side of jerry's rig there and they were hauling charmin out of texarkana unfortunately in hutchins they had a trailer full of toilet paper that caught fire and it's not going to do anybody good there with that incident more news out of the lone star state and this just explains how potentially deadly and at least will prove how applicable this virus is to be and susceptible it is for you to catch it 28 university of texas students have now tested positive for the virus after returning from a spring break trip yes a group of about 70 ut students and chaperones and more all in their 20s took a chartered plane to cabo san lucas about 10 days ago and now the austin public health department is coming out saying that 28 people in this group of 70 have now tested positive for coronavirus the dozens more are being monitored according to this austin public health department the four people with confirmed cases did not have any symptoms according to the department as they said there the health department health authorities dr mark s scott the virus often hides in the healthy and is given to those who are at grave risk of being hospitalized or dying while younger people have less risk for complications they are not immune from severe illness and death from covid19 the students were part of a group to trip to mexico that had not been canceled by the travel company most people who contract covid19 have mild or moderate symptoms which can include fever and cough but also milder cases of pneumonia sometimes that requires hospitalization 
The risk of death is greater for older adults and people with other health problems. Hospitals in most afflicted areas are straining to handle patients, and some are short of critical supplies. And again, these these kids thought they were doing a good thing by going to Mexico and their trip not being canceled to Cabo San Lucas, and they come back now, and almost a half of the group testing positive for coronavirus. It's a virus that we've not seen in our lifetime, likely. Only the Spanish flu of 1918 would likely be quite so contagious, and that's the case here with this virus. More news out of Louisiana now, and the pastor of the church there we told you about that had defied a coronavirus order has now been arrested on misdemeanor charges as Pastor Tony Spell. His arrest comes a day after Reverend Rodney Brown in Florida also had criminal action imposed upon him. He was the pastor of River at Tampa Bay Church in in the Tampa area, and he was arrested and charged with violating a local coronavirus stay-at-home order when he held services over the weekend that drew large crowds. Now, Pastor Spell's service drew an estimated 500 people of all ages to the Life Tabernacle Church in central Louisiana. And central police on Tuesday charged Pastor Spell with six counts of violating the Louisiana governor's ban on large gatherings that was enacted to contain the sometimes deadly coronavirus, as the police chief of Central said. And this was Roger Coran. Over the last two weeks, I've worked with the sheriff, state police, the state fire marshal, Reverend Tony Perkins, and others to address this matter outside of legal action. Mr. Spell made his intentions to continue to violate the law clear. Instead of showing the strength and resilience of our community during this difficult time, Mr. Spell has chosen to embarrass us for his own self-promotion. And again, the law being thrown at him. Now, in Louisiana, again, more than 5,200 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and over 200 deaths now in the Pelican State. And not a wise decision to have this. In fact, I saw where I think it was Louisiana that they were able to directly trace no this was i'm sorry this was in albany georgia a a pretty big outbreak in albany there in the southwest corner of the peach state and they're saying that the overwhelming reason why that little area of georgia has had so many coronavirus cases is a lot of the same people were part of the a funeral a recent funeral was held a lot of people contracted covid19 as a result of attending that funeral again this virus knows no difference when it comes to age race sex or how much money you got i will say after going through and looking at some of the numbers coming out of new york city it did look like men are more prone to coming down with the coronavirus it looked like we live in a country where women are probably 51 percent of the population it looked like when i looked at the numbers about 63 cases 63 percent of the cases were men who came down and that's just a a rough guess i'm going back in my head trying to pull up that data but it it's definitely more men getting it than women and although the elderly are more susceptible to it we're seeing i think in new york city they've even had one person under the age of 18 pass away from it that's certainly not the norm but we're seeing a lot of people in their 45 to 65 age range come down with it some of those dying people that are healthy are dying i saw an interview on cnn of a gentleman who used to walk all over new york all the time and he had no 
underlying health conditions and he died of the coronavirus and the way he died it just was his son was talking about it he looked like he was getting better and then the next thing you know he was dead and it's just it's just an it's 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 a terrible terrible virus and also the grief of what's going on with it is terrible where loved ones essentially are quarantined and can't even be with a person maybe in their dying moments and when they do die they have to go off and essentially their bodies are quarantined and people aren't having funerals you can't have funerals so we're we're in a real real mess something we've not seen in this country at least in over a hundred years or yeah it's right at a hundred years when the spanish flu of 1918 and 1919 happened and I, i'm not trying to put the scare in you but this is just reality this is the the numbers and we, we we're on here every day telling you about it and it's not something we enjoy doing but it's it's important we're trying to do our part here on the y'all show to keep you posted okay more coronavirus fallout just one state alone here north carolina's hospitality industry experts are now saying that 370,000 people in north carolina that are involved in the hospitality industry restaurants hotel operators and more 370,000 north carolinians involved in that industry are now out of work and they're just dumbfounded as as all of us can be with all this and this is a major major burden to north carolina it's a major tax burden to every state where people aren't traveling people aren't able to go to the restaurants that they want to and we just it's just a unbelievable thing going on so right now in north carolina the hotel hospitality industry and restaurant industry major league hurt as every southern state is but just the one state that i've got some data on in the hospitality alone in one state three hundred and seventy thousand people currently not working now one good thing let's pass along a story out of north alabama one positive story something that'll make you say okay well maybe there's hope and maybe we will get through this together at huntsville hospital that's the primary hospital that serves huntsville madison county and all of north alabama some chinese nationals decided to help out so do you know what they did there at the local hospital in huntsville alabama they showed up and they donated critical protective gear to the workers at the huntsville hospital and a a fantastic gesture there by the again chinese nationals in huntsville alabama with their unselfish gesture there as they did this there this week and of course a lot of people unfairly have come down on some of our asian neighbors or maybe you are asian you know what i'm talking about here this is not as i said on the wednesday y'all show this is not china's fault this is the chinese communist party's fault if anybody's to blame for the spread of the coronavirus it's their fault for not getting help to contain it when it first started for lying about it and now letting this thing go throughout the entire world so these chinese nationals were were happy to come and donate much needed protective gear there at the huntsville huntsville hospital in huntsville alabama and you saw some gowns some gloves i think they had some surgical mask or the the whatever those n35 or 55 n5 whatever that the 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 mask everybody's trying to get their hands on right now 
they were able to do that. The president of the Huntsville Chinese Association, Stephen Lin, said, Soon after we learned that they are running out of masks, gowns, and goggles, I started fundraising for the medical supplies. And therefore, with the fundraising, they were able to go out and get masks, some gloves, goggles, and gowns for the personnel there in Huntsville. And now they've done a fantastic job. In fact, right there in Huntsville, I didn't realize the historically black college and university, Alabama A&M, has a confectious institute there. And Yong Wayne is the director of that. He said, when the coronavirus started in December, the Chinese community and the American community over there were very supported. The U.S. government and companies sent personnel and experts to China to help the Chinese fight the disease. When I walk on the street in Huntsville, people always ask me, how are you doing? How's your family doing? We all feel a very warm welcome, and the Chinese community really appreciates the support. That from Yong Wang in Huntsville, Alabama, who works, again, at Alabama A&M University there north of downtown Huntsville. But good job there by the Chinese nationals helping their neighbors there in the Tennessee Valley. And one other good story before we take a break here, coronavirus-related we bragged on Dolly Parton this week, saying she deserved, if she hadn't already got it, maybe she deserves a second one, a presidential medal for her unselfish work she's already doing, in addition to her imagination library that she sends books out all over the country. She's also doing these nightly bedtime readings of her books for kids to be able to watch her do that, and that's fantastic of Dolly. And now it comes out that she's donating a million dollars to support Vanderbilt University's coronavirus research. As Dolly wrote, my longtime friend, Dr. Najee Ombrod, who's been involved in research at Vanderbilt for many years, informed me that they were making some exciting advancements toward research of the coronavirus for a cure. I am making a donation of a million dollars to Vanderbilt towards that research and to encourage people that can afford it to make donations. Keep the faith, Dolly. What a fantastic job there by the country music legend giving a million dollars to the hospital right up the road from her house in the Nashville area of Vanderbilt University and their fantastic medical center and their fight to find a cure for the coronavirus. We've got more headlines about coronavirus and more. In fact, when we come back, we've got something to put a good smile on your face. We're going to talk about sea turtles. That is something good. Plus, a gender reveal party goes out of control with a forest fire. We'll tell you about it all that ahead on the Y'all Show. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I am doing it all. 
the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Continuing on with y'all, talk with a southern accent. I'm John Rawl, and right now we're scanning the South with what's going on headlines-wise. And the FDA, by the way, a story related with the Federal Drug Association, they have a story out that has nothing to do with coronavirus. They've requested the removal of Zantac from the market. A lot of you might have taken Zantac for heartburn and maybe something to help you sleep better at night so you don't wake up with congestion and all that kind of stuff. Now, the FDA, they have requested, again, it be pulled from the market. And that is a little bit of a a change. Now, some of you, if you're unfortunate like me and you've had problems sleeping at night with heartburn and things like that, you're on maybe a prescribed medicine, something a little bit more stronger than a Zantac. But if you do the over-the-counter, this this drug here, Zantac, it's now being pulled by the Federal the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, saying that they're going to take all prescription and over-the-counter rantidine drugs known as Zantac from the market. According to the FDA, this is the latest step in an ongoing investigation of a contaminant known as nitrosodium methylime NDMA that's in rantidine medications, including Zantac. The agency has determined that the impurity in some rantidine products increases over time, and when stored at higher than room temperatures, it may result in consumer exposure to unacceptable levels of this impurity. As a result of this immediate market withdrawal request, rantidine products will not be available for new or existing prescriptions or OTC use in the country. So no more Zantac, it looks, for, for a while, as the Food and Drug Administration is getting it off the market for the time being and hopefully that won't affect your sleep here if you're right now not wanting to go to the pharmacy and pick up this over-the-counter medicine or go get the more formal the actual prescribed drug rentadine which i know how to pronounce it because i take rentadine nightly and it makes a difference it really does it it's a it's a great drug and i'd rather take one rentadine than the several the the, the other zantax of the world because that gets a little expensive now, as I told you about before we went to break, a, another gender reveal party that spun out of control. This happened in Titusville, Florida, in Brevard County, Florida. They were a couple celebrating, 
uh, their upcoming baby having a gender reveal party and do you know what it went out of control as the explosives used for the gender reveal sparked a 10 acre fire there in titusville florida the county has been prohibiting open burning because of an increase in fires officials say to follow the rules in order to avoid straining medical resources during this pandemic the violation of the burn ban comes with a 500 dollars fine and jail time somehow that doesn't seem even the right amount for a 10 acre fire all because of an explosive and a gender reveal and talk about ending a party of course if this was just this past weekend there in Titusville, I don't know if they had a order from the governor DeSantis or not to, to gather. But if, if you follow most rules here, you're not supposed to be having any kind of get together. And therefore, this thing definitely went out of control. Now, it was announced Wednesday that the governor DeSantis of Florida is having a stay at home order essentially in effect throughout the entire state of Florida. He'd only had it in the very southeast corner of the state for a while. And now that's changing. Now to the sea turtles we go. And an aquarium in New England has now released 17 sea turtles that were stranded on Cape Cod. And they've been released into the wild, but not up there in the north. These Yankee sea turtles were released in Georgia. And that is a great job there. The Georgia Sea Turtle Center on Jekyll Island cleared them for release after a brief exam. And they were off swimming away. The turtles needed to be treated for life-threatening conditions resulting from hypothermia and inability to feed. And therefore, they had to go to that New England aquarium. But now, they're on Jekyll Island. They go back to the sea. And we hope they come back and see us and have little baby turtles real soon. But a fantastic collaboration between the New England Aquarium and Georgia's own Sea Turtle Center there on Jekyll Island. And to a goofy story to wrap up our headlines, this also ties into the coronavirus. The new governor of Kentucky is Andy Bashir, and a lot of people in Kentucky like him. He he won the election, and uh, he beat Matt Bevin, and that was a, a fantastic win for this Democrat. And now to help kind of give him a little bit more publicity, it looks like one of the local ice cream makers in the Lexington area has come up with an ice cream flavor inspired by Governor Bashir, and they've added it to their lineup. They've got what they call small batch club beers with, and that's because he's been having a daily chat with all of the Kentuckians about the coronavirus, giving them updates on what's going on. And now this new flavor, Beers with Bashir, it's a treat that a lot of people are enjoying, whether they like the governor or not. Now, this particular ice cream flavor consists of coffee stout ice cream, chocolate-covered pretzels, and homemade salted caramel sauce. And the owner of the local place there that came up with this says, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it at 5 o'clock when the governor comes on and tells us what's going on and reminds us all that what's going on is, is going to be okay, and we're going to go get through this together the new flavor is not quite out yet though you have to wait till april 7th but they are taking pre-orders so if you're in the lexington kentucky area and you want to check out this new flavor beers with bashir go to the local crank and boom ice cream shop and you can get your delicious ice cream by the way two dollars from the sale of each pint will benefit the feed backpack program which helps feed insecure children in the lexington kentucky area so at least one local business there staying in the in the game 
by coming up with something pretty creative with the small batch club beers with Bashir. How about that? And that is a quick look at what's going on across the South here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to go to y'all.com. They've got some great stories up now to get you through the boredom. If you're sitting at home quarantined or you're just sitting at home because you've been ordered to stay at home, if you're not working, y'all.com's got some stories to help you out, like how to clean your car and how to get that perfect lawn landscaping. (laughs) It's all coming up after this break. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. back on y'all talk with a southern accent so darn good to have you back here on the show all about the south i'm john raw don't forget you can connect to us 24 hours a day seven days a week and that number to do that to text or call is 803-816-1170 our email address if you'd rather reach out to us via email y'all show at y'all.com y-a-l-l-s-h-o-w at y'all.com on Facebook, we are at Y'all Show. 
just search for y'all show and we're right there brand new website we ask that you follow us on facebook also follow our partner y'all.com on facebook therefore you'll get each day's y'all show right there on your facebook feed and we're also on a couple of streaming apps welcome you to follow us that way we're on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and the Apple Podcast apps. All making it oh so easy for you to keep up with what's going on across the South. If you're a good Southerner, you want to know what's going on with your neighbors. And that's what we do right here each and every day with y'all talk with a Southern accent. All right. Well, if you're at home and you need some help of what to do, how to make your day productive, y'all.com is the ultimate guide to the South. And the editors there at y'all.com have got a story up that's going to be fantastic for you to try to pull off clean your car like a pro as guest contributor wendy desler has penned this article and it comes at the right time where a lot of us are sitting around you might have pollen on your car so you might want to definitely take care of the exterior for sure but don't forget to clean the inside of your car because you might have Uh, If you're like me, you've got fast food particles that have found their way into the crevices of your of your seats or underneath seats. And it it just can be rather, rather ugly out there if you if you really need to do it. So what you need to do, of course, is vacuum, remove all the garbage, clean the seats, wipe down the dashboard and potentially dozens of other things in the vehicle. Generally, it is a darn good idea to clean from top to bottom and to dedicate at least a few hours to cleaning the interior of that car that you have or truck. And there's a lot of things that should be done and you don't want to miss anything important. Be sure to clean all of the gaps and crevices and you should be shocked. You will be shocked to see all of the food, dirt, garbage and other items that find their way into these hard to access gaps so yeah do that and best to wash out of direct sunlight so if you're outside and you're taking care of the exterior try to get a shaded area if you're going to wash your car because it'll help you maybe spot a few things that you weren't able to see because the car needs to be kept wet long enough for it to be properly dried if you wash it in the direct sunlight the car will begin to dry off before the whole cleaning process has been done i didn't know that i wish somebody would have told me that when i was a teenager no wonder, no wonder. When metal get on the car gets hot, water and even soap will dry up on the spot and leave some unattractive marks and spots. If you cannot wash the car inside a garage or somewhere else, consider washing it in the evening or somewhere with a bit of shade. If you absolutely have to do it in the sun, try to get the entire process done quickly as to not allow soap spots to dry up all over your vehicle. Those are some of your tips when you're they're washing your car and you also have to have the right products so choosing the right right products for auto detailing you can go to a website carpro.global for more information on that if you use the wrong products it could potentially damage your vehicle or leave it as not as clean as it could be you also you can learn what each product needs to do before you actually put it into use if you wax before you wash it will essentially defeat the purpose and i don't know about y'all I'm not a big fan of waxing cars. I I guess it comes from my days of owning a Jeep Cherokee, and I used to get that thing waxed a couple once every couple months. And maybe it was just Jeeps, but boy, the the darn hood on that thing got, as we say in the South, ruined really quickly when I started waxing it. And it was the only thing that did get ruined. But it it was never quite as a good looking Jeep after I started waxing it lesson learned there also they didn't tell you this in the article 
it probably helps if you want to have a pretty car to not get a dark colored car get the whites the grays the the beiges something that the dust and pollen <laughs> we're in pollen territory now yeah those don't show up that's natural but i have i've had two cars in the last 20 years and both of them have been light colored cars i hardly ever washed them i've got a car now that i've had since july it's not it has not seen one car wash and the other car probably in the last 10 years i washed it three to four times max and i'm not because i'm lazy or cheap it just didn't need it now it needed cleaning on the inside and i did do that from time to time usually with just a vacuum cleaner and or a couple of wipes go out there and clean it off i like to keep an organized car i don't know about y'all i may not have the most perfect spot-free germ-free car but my car is organized and so i don't have trash every time i eat i always get my trash and throw it away as soon as i get done with it and every time i i arrive home and i've got my briefcase and other matters that i need for work i pick them up and take them inside with me my car and i part of this this is another tip this is john.com telling you this not y'all.com part of it is the more things you leave in your car the more likely you're going to get broken into so lesson learned and i learned that lesson in the past and one major thing you don't do and i did this for a long time is i left coins out in my ashtray area and an idiot broke into my car in the middle of the night when i was working in nashville it was four in the morning i know exactly when it was because i used to have to go into work that at that time and i just happened to walk outside around four fifteen, and somebody was in my car and i called them red-handed but they ended up leaving and running up the street i wasn't able to get them arrested or anything but they only thing they took was some coins and when i got broken into many years later the only thing they essentially took out of my car was coins that time i actually had my coins in my dash box there or the console and they still found it and that's all they wanted so don't don't help out those who want to break into your car by making it so darn appealing for them to smash your window and get in there and get your stuff all right our last story here at y'all.com to promote to help you through the the staying at home phase that we're all in or getting to be that way they've got an article up penned by the editor at y'all.com clark sheldon spring lawn and landscaping cleanup tips yeah that comes just in time as you might want to get out of the house and do something you got some plans to make your yard and lawn look fantastic this year well you need to know what kind of grass you got so that helps out wait to fertilize your lawn until it starts to show signs of life so don't get out there and be too mr mr or mrs energetic and trying to make a big difference if you do it too early that's not a good sign get rid of yard debris dead limbs leaves etc tune your mower that's always a good thing to do coming out of the winter make sure it's properly running and all the belts and make sure that darn cord if you got a pull mower it doesn't come break on you as it's happened probably to you it's probably happened to me a hundred times likely remove thatch thatch is that dead grass that's accumulated throughout the winter grab a wire or bamboo rake and rake your yard this will help aerate the soil which is very important make sure to prune your plants and yard trees and of course you need to know when to mow you got to know when to mow them and know when to mow them thank you kenny rogers the late great singer when to mow 
Well, a good rule of thumb is to wait until it's at least 40 degrees and your grass has grown two to three inches tall before you mow that first time. And those are some good landscaping tips. Well, that will wrap up this first hour of y'all. We've got a whole nother hour headed your way. We're going to be talking about books when we get the hour started as we've got Kirkuser Reviews, great picks for a virtual book club. We'll share that. And then author Sean Dietrich, a.k.a. Sean of the South out of Walton County, Florida. He is a author, a columnist. He's got a great musical act that he does, goes around the country and I'm not sure if you hadn't gone outside the country with Sean of the South. He's also a barbecue judge. He's going to talk about all of that. His amazing story is going to be shared with us. It's our By the Book, Sean's upcoming book. Well, actually, it's already out. It's called Will the Circle Be Unbroken? He'll discuss that book. And all that is coming up in Hour 2. Plus, we have our SEC Spotlight. You're going to hear from UGA head football coach Kirby Smart and a little fun from Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach. All that in our SEC Spotlight in Hour 2. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Back into another hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent John Rawl, fantastic to have you join me here for another hour of Southern food, fun, conversation, sports, news, little politics, and unfortunately, coronavirus. In fact, during the break, I actually just got this message sent to me that my former boss at Country Music Television, CMT, her husband passed away from the coronavirus there in the Nashville area. And the message says he had recently suffered from several health issues And we're talking about Larry Painter passing away. His wife, Cindy, was my old boss at CMT back in the 90s. Cindy, his wife, has tested positive, but with no symptoms, although no one can be with her. Please put Cindy, their daughter Lauren, and their family in your prayers. See, this is an example of how how awful this virus is. She loses her longtime husband out of nowhere. He did have some health issues prior to coming down the coronavirus larry painter we're talking about and then his wife also comes down with the coronavirus she can't grieve the way that you would normally grieve her own daughter can't be with her and it's just a a terrible thing very sad as one of my co-workers says much love and many prayers for cindy lauren and family 
And this, again, being repeated all over the country right now as COVID-19 continues to spread. All right, that just happened over the break there. Apologize for sharing that. But I wanted to let you know a personal connection to the virus. And more importantly, even if you don't know someone like Cindy Painter, how you have to feel for her. She just lost her husband. She's got the virus. And she can't even get a hug from her own daughter or anyone for two weeks. I mean, what a what an awful thing. Uh, unbelievable. I don't know if the Spanish flu was quite like this as far as the way people had to quarantine and such. We begin this hour of y'all with books on our mind. In fact, in the next segment, we're going to keep books going. We're going to have author Sean Dietrich, Sean of the South will be on as part of our buy the book showcase on this thursday y'all show sean's new book is will the circle be unbroken and he's going to have a incredible conversation with us talking about how he went from a, a youngster whose father committed suicide he discusses that in his book and took that on to being this guy that goes around the south sharing his story about life and southern culture and more he's a columnist he's a blogger a podcaster and more Sean of the South coming up in the next segment as he talks about his new book, Will a Circle Be Unbroken? That's, I think, his 11th book that he's put out, too. So he is a writing factory there in Walton County, Florida. All that coming up. But before the show is done today, speaking of the panhandle of Florida, we've got some news out of Destin concerning the SEC. And we'll have that plus from the sec we'll hear a couple of the head football coaches one talking about COVID 19 kirby smart georgia's head football coach and then mike leach what is he doing to get through the pandemic well the new head football coach at mississippi state is going to weigh in on tiger king yes this phenom that's on netflix right now coach leach the pirate talks about that plus coach leach also discusses the sec mascots <laughs> all that coming up in our sec spotlight in just a handful of minutes you, you don't want to miss out all that all right let's get into kirkusreviews.com as we've been talking about this website for a while they do a great job analyzing book sales and all the offerings that come out in the printed world and they've got a brand new article up called great picks for a virtual book club so let's run through this list of again virtual book club picks how about this separation anxiety from laura zygmunt the author gamely combines characters and caricatures real pain and farce and this is a novel separation anxiety from author laura zygmunt and some of this has to do with her her dog as she's got in, in fact on the cover of it her little dogs in kind of a little i guess a thing that you can wrap around your your outfit and carry around it's really more of the thing that they use for babies but i've seen some people with their little tiny dogs also having their little dogs stuck in that thing that they go around the grocery store and stuff i don't know if they're they're allowed to go in the grocery stores now with the virus outbreak the next book that's on this virtual list of great picks is these ghosts are family from macy card generations of a jamaican family grapple with the legacy of slavery and secrets these ghosts are family a great virtual choice from simon and schuster page count just under 300 pages this came out march 3rd a new book for you to check out up next is kate elizabeth russell's my dark vanessa also a march release the me too movement forces a struggling young woman to confront the abusive relationship that defines her sexual 
and romantic past. And that, again, the book is My Dark Vanessa from Kate Elizabeth Russell. Up next is Barn 8 from Deb Olin Unferth. This came out March 3rd in her last book, Wait Till You See Me Dance, which came out in 2017. Deb Olin Unferth explored the separate, complicated lives of an ensemble of lonely outsiders. Here, in this book, she brings back a similar band of misfits, only this time they're in cahoots. Barn, and then the number 8 from Unferth here as one of your great picks in a virtual book club up next the girl with the louding voice from abi dari a nigerian teenager determined to get an education escapes an arranged marriage in her village but finds that life in the city is dangerous too could have told you that there this is one of these books again recommended from kirkus reviews.com might want to check that out while you're being secluded right now the Night Watchman from Louise Erdrich. And this came out March 3rd. It is a book in which an unheralded kaleidoscopic story is about the efforts of Native Americans, American Indians, to save their lands from being taken away by the U.S. government in the early 1950s. And then these stories, their efforts come to life here. And this takes place in the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa in North Dakota in the mid-1950s is when this is taking place here so a good book for you to consider reading that's more of a story here in this country going on with that book there up next terry mcmillan's it's not all downhill from here a close-knit group of 60-something black women deal with loss illness addicted family members and the never-ending challenges of diet and exercise now this one looks like a a good southern type book here (laughs) and uh I guess one all they have to do to write this book is sit down at a local beauty shop, cut on the recorder, and just let it ride. Yeah. By the number one New York Times bestselling author of Almost Forgot About You, Terry McMillan, and this book, It's Not All Downhill From Here, ought to be a fun read there. Almost 400 pages out on Ballantine Books. Check it out. Another one for you to consider is A Pyragon from Colm McCann. An ambitious novel about an Israeli, a Palestinian, and a grief and the grief they share in common. That's a good read there. Uh, just again, a, a strange part of the world. In fact, I saw headlines this week coming out of the Middle East where they're they're over there bickering right now about something here in the middle of a pandemic still going on. But how about this novel that might give us a little bit of hope as they come together, an Israeli and a Palestinian in a paragon. Another book from this list of Kirkus's great picks for a virtual book club, We Ride Upon Sticks. Almost 300 years after the town of Danvers, Massachusetts, hosted the famous 1692 witch trials, a new coven rises to power. Uh, We Ride Upon Sticks. Now, this, I've told y'all before, I don't like it when I get outsmarted here with words, and I have never seen in my life the word coven. A group or gathering of witches who meet regularly. I can tell you, I have never been a part of a coven. Yes, so yeah, that explains that word, coven there. We Ride Upon Sticks is the name of that book there. A Beautiful Crime from Christopher Ballin is out. It came out in January. Andre Ackerman meets Patricia Highsmith in this satisfying exercise in literary crime. 
I think it's set there in the New York area. A beautiful crime. One of your books, again, from Kirkus Reviews and their list of great picks for a virtual book club to get you through the coronavirus times that we live in. We've got a book that'll help you get through the blues of the coronavirus. It's called Will the Circle Be Unbroken? It's the latest book from Sean Dietrich. It just came out about a month ago. And Sean of the South is his name also. Sean is going to be on with us in the next segment. He's going to tell us a lot more about this fascinating book that covers his childhood where his father committed suicide and I think threatened the family to kill them before he killed himself. And he shares that, how he's taken that heartbreak and turn it into a career where he is a Southern author and a Southern symbol. Sean of the South is our special guest as our Buy the Book feature continues on into the next segment. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And that song there, taking you back to 1989 from the group Alabama Song of the South. I'm John Rawl. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. And here in our By the Book feature, as we have this hour up and going with talk about the Southeast, instead of Song of the South, we're going to go to Walton County, Florida, where we have Sean of the South standing by. Sean is the epitome of a renaissance man and i'll explain why but first let's welcome in sean of the south sean dietrich hello sir hey thanks for having me on the show well it is great to catch up with you sean dietrich and again you can if you don't know who this guy is he's an author he's a podcaster he has a blog every day on his website he's a barbecue judge what am i leaving out sean uh america's leading hypochondriac (laughs) (laughs) oh how are you managing with the covid19 boy i tell you it's a it's a real experience to be honest it's really not all that different for me in my daily life at home because i'm one of those reproachable people who is an author so that means i spend all at home anyway (laughs) so not a whole lot has changed for me except we have to get our groceries delivered now oh you do yeah, I mean, we could go into the uh, the uh, grocery store, but they've recommended that we don't if we can at all, at all possible not. So that's about it. Other than that, you know, my wife and I are staying home. It's It's been a little tough not getting out as much, hmm. but, you know. Giving you plenty to write about, huh? That's right. It really has. We, uh, we, we had a book tour that was going, and we canceled that about 10 days early, and I had a bunch of... Uh, uh, about a few months worth of speaking engagements that, that we all that we all canceled and uh, so it's been a unique position uh, but it also feels like a many vacations so well welcome in in fact you're of course right there along the emerald coast of florida which i want to ask you sean as a guy who normally lives in that part of the world most of the time is it exciting 12 months out of the year to live on the panhandle of florida or does it get a little <laughs> bit tedious at times 
I wish it was exciting 10 months out of the year, but most of the locals here would tell you that they hadn't been to the beach in about a decade. I mean, we don't, we don't appreciate it nearly as often as we should, but, uh, yes, it is in your, I mean, that's, that's true what I just said, but this is also true. It's kind of in your blood and you feel a little bit uneasy when you're not around water where you can't at least see it. So, mm-hmm. so in some ways, 12 months out of the year, it's wonderful. In other ways, it's kind of, it's a little bit uh, frustrating. Basically, our world has been inundated with tourism. Mm-hmm. And so about six months out of the year, we deal with traffic. It takes us about an hour to get six miles. And you're probably staying away from the beach, right? You know not to go oh, yeah. to the, the, what is it, Highway 90? That's right, Highway 98. 98, sorry. Eight digits yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, and so you're, you're, as a local there in Walton County, you know, Probably head to the Funiac Springs more than any place, right? That, that's right. That's You go to the Funiac Springs for a quiet style of life. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about your background. And you're writing about sure. this and your brand new book that's just come out, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And a lot of people have a rough road to hoe when they're youngsters. You had one heck of a tough road to hoe with your father committing suicide and nearly killing your mother. It, give us a little kind of a, a li- little sample of what your young Sean was like. Uh, young Sean was was a a nice boy. <laughs> he was a little bit chubby. I was a chubby child, so there was a that to contend with. And then when my when my father died, uh, I dropped out of school, which was a terrible decision that would kind of stick with me for the rest of my life. I was. Freshly, I wasn't quite in the seventh grade yet, so uh, you make poor decisions when you go through trauma, and it's, your family kind of is making a bunch of poor decisions with you. So I grew up uh, kind of not knowing what I was. We were tossed between lives. We never really knew where we were going to get our feet on solid ground. It felt like we were always just up in the air about everything and so uh that's how i grew up with an unstable footing and i started working when i was 14 years old hanging drywall i did a lot of construction work and uh that was kind of my life young sean grew up kind of self-educating for lack of a better word and and just trying to find his way well how did young sean turn out <laughs> well, we're still waiting to find out. He, uh, <laughs> he's a he's a still a nice guy. He's not as chubby as he used to be. Uh, he's he shot up like his mother said he would. His mother always used to say that uh, one day he would get tall and skinny, and I never believed her. And it did happen. One day my metabolism kind of sped up, and I got much taller, much skinnier. And now I don't do construction work anymore. So that's you know for me it's been wonderful to have that kind of time to focus on the things i want to focus on like writing and such like that so older sean's a good guy his highest aspiration in life is become an old man mm-hmm. and as if you're watching our y'all show on youtube or on our facebook page you're seeing sean often wears the cowboy hat and he's got a pretty intense beard and he's got that red hair so you you, you kind of strike quite a a really cool look there, Sean of the Sha- Sean, of, Sean of the South and young Sean and old Sean. Well, it, it, it's a long time overdue. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying so. I don't 
I, I can't stand to see pictures of myself or, or videos of myself. I can't stand it. Well, there's a lot more ugly people out there. You're not one of them. I'm not going to say you're pretty, but you're not ugly. So you're, you're, you're like most <laughs> hey, of us. You're somewhere in between. That's right. Low cheekbones and a double, triple chin. <laughs> well, you said you're not in construction anymore, and that's because you are doing the Shaun of the South. And this is, yeah. again, you started out doing columns and writing, and you're a writing machine. You write every day and i'm i'm on your website sean of the south show right now sean and i'm seeing here's just a sample of some of the writing most of your stuff's about 500 words on your website and some of the recent titles you've got sleep aids and you also have we who is slow i can't wait to read that one and the boy sings again those are just some of the many 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 you're like i said a factory of writing how do you have the stamina to keep on going old sean well you got to be a little bit mentally unstable <laughs> and uh, and i and i i basically have a routine kind of for myself and i i follow it not because i and discipline but because i really don't know what else to do with my day now that i've fallen into this kind of life i love writing and i'm kind of making up for lost time i guess mm-hmm. uh, i don't always have i don't always have the kind of stamina i wish i did especially when i've got big projects i have to be working on with deadlines but uh you know i guess i am like i said making up for lost time and one of the things we also want to point out, you've taken your ability to write and you also do some singing and you are found <laughs> throughout the Southeast. When you go across Dixie, you're not just writing, you're singing. So when did you start playing music? That's right. Uh, I've been playing music since I was about nine years old. Uh, my mother says she used to see me out in the lawn uh, walking around just singing. And so she thought that was funny. And then when I started <laughs> getting a little bit older uh of course everybody finds their way into church and so i found my way singing at church uh before a tiny little congregation and we did that every week and i fell in love with music at a young age and i learned how to play the piano uh, by ear when i was nine or ten and i took up the guitar when i was a little bit older and i had the very i had the misfortune of learning how to play the accordion too and so uh, I'm mediocre at all three, but I have done my share of playing in beer joints throughout the years because down here in this part of the world, there's maybe enough people in the three county area to form two good bands. So it doesn't matter if you're good or not. You just, or at least it used to be this way. Uh, you had a gig playing wherever you wanted to play. So I played a lot and I learned how to uh, enjoy being in places my mother didn't mm-hmm. want me in. And that's kind of my musical life in a nutshell. Uh, but nowadays we take the show on the road and that's what we do full time. So it seems like everything I do is kind of come full circle. I get to sing a little bit and put a few people to sleep by telling a story and so on and so forth. I seriously doubt you put too many people to sleep. We're talking with Sean Dietrich, a.k.a. Sean of the South. This is y'all and the y'all show our website yall.com and we find right there we're kind of competing with sean of the south show.com with great stories at y'all.com of course maybe not quite as colorful as what sean's got going on and we're the show all about the south and sean a florida-based writer singer 
podcaster, barbecue judge, and more. And one of the things that makes him really cool is he's not just a writer or just a singer. Sean, the common thread with everything you do ties into this part of the world. You're a Southern writer, a Southern podcaster, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. And, you know, I have really enjoyed I have really enjoyed exiting the South and taking what we do to other regions and watching their reaction to it because I have been surprised. I'm not a well-traveled man like a lot of people out there, so I don't know a lot about the rest of the world and their cultures and everything, uh, regions. And when we've gone up north or to the east or even to the west, I have been amazed at what respect people have and what interest people have in the South. It's been beautiful. And I never thought it would be that way. I always thought it would be kind of, I always thought I'd run into a lot of prejudice against uh, Southerners and people thinking you're slow and that kind of stuff. And it hadn't worked out that way. They've been very, very interested uh, in what I do. It's been fabulous. Do you get as many bookings outside of the South as you do here in the South? Lord, no. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, but when I do, uh, it's pretty special. We did two things in New York last year and one this year, and that was quite an experience. I was pretty scared to get up there, uh, and then we were we had a stop in Pennsylvania, too. Uh, I was pretty scared at how they were going to take what I said. I didn't know if anything I said would land. Everything I say and talk about is about the South and all the songs I sing are our Southern gospel and, you know, things that the people in this region would know. And well, we did this little thing and they just were so gracious and they were so interested in it. And I found all sorts of similarities in, in, in the, between the two you know, groups, Northerners and Southerners. Uh, this has been like the education of Sean Dietrich these past few years. That could be a new book title. But you did mention just a few moments ago, Sean, how you have, with your work, you've seen a lot of the the, the gospel songs of yesteryear work itself into your life. And you're using yes. one of the most famous songs, the Carter family's original, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. That's the title of your new book. How did that come yes. about? Well, I knew, I knew what the title was going to be before I actually got down to write the book because I loved the idea of this kind of almost riddle of a name. It's it's kind of a name that's open to interpretation, even though years later I've heard that it was originally supposed to mean will the family circle be unbroken, which is why we sing it at funerals. But that makes me love it even more. That's even more applicable. But to me, it's the only hymn I could find in the hymnal with a question mark. Hmm. Uh, and I love that, you know, a, a hymn that, that has kind of an open end on the back that, that we, means we don't have it all figured out. So I liked that because especially when it comes to religion, it seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of its <laughs> uh, evangelists and practitioners seem to pretend they have everything figured out. So I liked the fact that I could present something of a religious nature, at least in the title, because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't consider myself a religious man um, with a question mark on it. So, that was kind of the initial seedlings for the idea. Plus, I deal with suicide in the book, and in my in my mind, you could replace the word circle with the word cycle and say, will that cycle be 
unbroken. Will anybody ever break the cycle? And, and of course, my hopeful answer is yes, somebody will. And this book, and this song title, specifically for this book, this song played at your father's funeral. Yes. It was a particular favorite, uh, a particular favorite. And I learned how to sing it when I was just a kid. And it's one of those only, I did a little thing. We did a little thing in Tennessee a few months ago. And one of the guys came through the book line and got me to, you know, shake his hand and everything. And he, he, he said, you know, why I like this song. And I said, why? He said, because it's one of the only two songs that I know that have the word undertaker in it. And I'm an undertaker. <laughs> and I said, well, what's the, what's the other one? He said, war. What is it good for? I thought, okay, that's a very bizarre correlation there. But so it's a song that deals with death. I like that about it. And, kind of and as we give undertakers a little love here on today's y'all show, I'll ask you a <laughs> trivia question. Are you up on country music? Not modern country. Okay. I, I quit listening around 1978. Okay, well, this singer I'm about to ask you a trivia question about, I think his biggest song came out around that same time. Do you know okay. what country music artist and Grand Ole Opry member before becoming a big star was an undertaker? Hmm. Uh, before becoming a big star, was it? Uh, no, I don't know. John Conley, Rose Colored Glasses. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. Well, see, I mentioned him in the book. Do you really? Yeah, he was an undertaker. Yes, I do. He's from Kentucky, and that's what he did before hitting the big stage. And well, I'll be done. Not exactly. I love John Conley. I, I love John Conley, too, who's still performing, except not right now because he can't. But uh, right, right. he's still going. And I love a, a recent quote that I found of you that kind of sums up Sean of the South. That's who we're talking to, Sean Dietrich, Florida's own and a wonderful Southerner who's out here showing the good Southern fight to the North and the South. And he's a writer, an author, a podcaster, barbecue judge, which I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. So don't think we're letting that, that slide here with you, Sean. But I love this thing that I read about you, that your life is 98% questions and 2% cluelessness. That's a that's a book right there. I don't even remember saying that, but that sounds like something I'd say. Yeah. Further illustrating my clueless point. Is, it, is that ratio still true, or has one of those moved up or down? That's probably gone into uh, more like eighty percent questions and and twenty uh, percent total absolute stupidity. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now. Well, you're doing something, and you're doing something well. You've got a major publisher behind your latest book, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? This book just came out earlier in March. Encourage everybody to go to Amazon.com or go to SeanOfTheSouthShow.com to find links of how you can get this. And congratulations on this. This is not your first book. I think I counted up. You've got about 10 or 11 books already in the can. That's right. That's right. I like I said, I've got mental instability going on here. <laughs> just can't stop. Well, can't stop. And I said, as in addition to writing, you're a heck of a performer. I, I've, I've actually had a chance to listen to you as you gave a presentation before, talk about your background and such. And then this, the aspect that you can bring out the guitar and, and play a little music is always <laughs> a good thing as well. Now, again, let's get back to this barbecue thing. How in the world does someone sure. segue from all these things you're already currently doing to being a darn barbecue? judge <laughs> well there was a uh, a competition here in pensacola and uh 
a friend of mine said, would you like to be a judge? And I said, I have never done anything like that before. I, I, I love barbecue with a purple headed passion. Uh, I, I would certainly. Uh, hold on a second. It. I'm Southern. I've never heard that expression. A purple head passion. Yeah, purple-headed passion. Okay, that's a new one on me. Congratulations. I hope it's I hope it's clean. I, I don't know if it's got clean origins or not. I hope it's not dirty. Yeah. Uh, I went and I, I went through this little KC masterpiece, you know, training thing, and we did this competition. And come to find out, I I had the most different tastes of any judge in in our little group, which which means I really don't know what I'm doing, but they got me to do a few more competitions and a few more. So I've done it uh, enough to where I, I looked at the guys and said, can I put this on my byline? I said, this is all I want. I just want to be able to tell people I'm a competition barbecue judge. They said, okay, go ahead and do it. So, so it's there. I, I, the last time I did it was a year and a half ago. Uh, I wasn't able to do it this year cause we were on the road, but I'll tell you, there's nothing better than going around sampling barbecue it's a fun gig hmm. now sean i also want to point out you have the website seandietrich.com what's the difference between the two websites seandietrich.com and sean of the south show.com oh okay uh the sean of the south show is our podcast which we've been doing for two years uh which is a mixture of studio and live performances and the sean of the south or seandietrich.com is just my daily column slash blog slash whatever you want to call it that's been running for about seven years uh so they're they're a little different okay and everybody go there what other social media plugs do you need to slip in here before we say goodbye to you sir hey it doesn't matter someone can just punch in my name if they're interested and if they're not they they can just forget they ever heard my voice (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's gonna happen sean dietrich we thank, we thank you for coming on again. The new book is called Will the Circle Be Unbroken from Sean of the South, Sean Dietrich. Thank you very much. We wish you all the best, and maybe our paths will collide once again, sir. I would really like that, John. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. Sean of the South, go check out this book. What else you got to do in these days where people are quarantined? You might as well catch up on all the many, many books Sean of the South has penned. More of the Y'all Show continues after this break. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Georgia Bulldogs, your current SEC East champions in the sport of college football. Kirby Smart, head coach of the Dogs, spoke to reporters this week. We're going to hear from the coach out of Athens, Georgia, in just a second and get some of his thoughts on the coronavirus. Speaking of the virus, as we start our SEC spotlight here, wrapping up this Thursday Y'all show, the SEC announced this week that they're canceling the annual spring meetings they have 
each May in Destin, Florida, all because of COVID-19. Commissioner Greg Sankey said the spring meetings represent one of our conference's great traditions and provide an opportunity to celebrate the past year, plan for the future, and focus on our mission to serve people through our universities. We regret this year's event will not be held as planned, but we know cancellation is appropriate in the light of supporting safety and well-being during this unprecedented health crisis. I think the SEC is going to try to do this thing virtually. This is where they gather just after the SEC baseball tournament, and the coaches all come to it, the athletic directors. It's about a two- to three-day event, and one of the cool things that happens down there, especially if you're a member of the SEC, is you walk out of there with a big fat check. So they'll just have to deposit those right into the various universities' accounts directly as they'll not have the spring meetings in Destin, Florida. And this, again, another hit on the tourism of our region. And that was a big moneymaker for Destin in late May as the SEC's spring meetings were a great little tradition. A lot of people, in fact, I was kind of looking forward to going down there at some point. I've never covered the spring meetings of the SEC. And anytime you get a chance to go to Destin, especially in May, is a is a darn good thing more coronavirus related stories related to the sport of college football kirby smart head coach of the georgia football team got together this week with a phone call with his fellow reporters his guys that cover his program and coach smart talked about how his current staff is having zoom meetings to try to have some semblance of what it's supposed to be going on right now i mean georgia should be getting ready for their spring game what do they call it the g-day game and that should be happening any day. But instead of having the players roam the halls at Butts Mayor Football Office there on the campus of UGA, there ain't nobody there. And so, yeah, right now Coach Smart is home with his wife, Mary Beth, and their 12-year-old twins, Weston and Julia, also their 7-year-old, Andrew, and that's what his focus is on. But he's also doing a little work. And as we said, this week, Coach Smart took some time to talk about his Georgia football program, which is still trying to find a new quarterback and a new offense under first-year coordinator Todd Munkin, who will also coach the quarterbacks. And Coach Smart did talk to the media. Let's go hear from the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. The way we're functioning the the past few weeks, first of all, it starts back to spring break. I mean, because we were on spring break, and that's probably been one of the toughest transitions for us, as you you can imagine. A lot of schools were in session when this happened, and they were able to have a team meeting. They were able to have, you know, a little uh, exit strategy. We were all over the place, and so everybody was out. Could really feel comfortable about bringing everybody back in together um, because we couldn't come back to Athens. So it's been it's been hard because we've had to call each player individually. We have ways to connect with them, uh, obviously through Zoom and FaceTime, but not having that exit meeting to say, okay, this is where we're headed from this point, that was probably the toughest thing. So the, the weeks have been different. Uh, who's working in the office? Um, you know, it's very limited. We're, we're not allowed to have – but a few people and they have to be essential people and essentials defined by the USG and we check in and out the people that are able to come in, but we're not bringing, I mean, we're not, we're not asking guys to come in the office, to be honest with you. The only time you would come by is if it's something you have to do. Um, most of us are able to work from home. Um, and does the coaching staff have daily zoom meetings? Yes. Uh, I mean, we're on a zoom meeting right now with offense, defense, special teams, all separate. So we have daily zoom meetings as a staff, and th- those are used to do exactly what we would be doing if we were in spring ball. If we were in spring ball, so there are more information meetings, install meetings, going through those. But those are staff meetings only. 
been a unique experience for me that that much you know i it's not spent just at home for me as much as it is outside exercising uh you know going on walks going on jogs probably been better for my my real health than anything because i've had more time to do things like get out and go exercise uh i don't like sitting at home at all but certainly that's what we're all having to do and that's the toughest adjustment for people that want to go out and do things is what can i still do in social distance so if we talk to our kids i mean they can't help but talk to them about it because they're they're seeing it on tv they're asking questions i've got you know 12 year old twins that are that they're just smart enough to know something's going on and they want to ask a ton of questions about it and educate themselves and you know we, we we're trying to get used to a new normal at least a new normal for right now and it's it's an adjustment for everybody out there and certainly adjustment for my family as it is for many others and we're all trying to find ways to to kind of get our social interaction whether it's through zoom facetime or just conversation and that's about the best you can do because you're not getting to spend much time with friends and family that's your and that's the way they're doing it there in the classic city georgia's head football coach kirby smart in a teleconference with reporters this week as he kind of laid out what his schedule is what's going on with the red and black as georgia tries to build on what they've been doing there and get back to that national championship game if 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 the cards fall their way but it's going to be tough this year they've got the transfer in from wake forest to be a potential starting quarterback but there's no proven leader there in the silver britches to take over where jake Fromm left off as his pursuit to the nfl continues but good to hear from a head coach in the sec and in this case kirby smart we're going to hear from another head football coach in just a second so don't worry about it this guy out of the sec west and in his discussion it has nothing to do with his football team so take a guess, take a wild guess who we're talking about here and it's going to be a fun conversation that you'll get to hear when we hear from this head football coach from an sec west school that rings cowbells hint hint more news out of the SEC. Paul Feinbaum show this week featured Ross Bjork of Texas A&M, the former Mississippi Landshark athletic director who took off for greener pastures in Aggieland in 2019. And Ross Bjork on Paul Feinbaum show said the 2020 college football season, he thinks the next 30 to 45 days are critical to see where we are. His words, not mine. He said it's too early to talk doom and gloom about college football. That from Ross Bjork, athletic director at Texas A&M. Okay, and so he's saying 30 to 45 days away. So we're essentially saying mid-May, a decision has to be made. I mean, things are getting a little bit crazy because you're seeing some people say that, are we going to move college football season actually up and have games starting in July? Well, looking at the curve and the way this pandemic's going we're not so sure this thing's not going to be causing lots of problems in the summer months. We hope it's gone. We hope it's hardly a factor at all come June 1st. But we have colleges. Ohio State just announced they're not going to have any kind of presence there on campus for summer school. And that's one of your Power 5 programs where they've already come out and done that. I know that's also been announced at other schools. But we're looking more and more like there may not be a 2020 college football season maybe not an nfl season in 2020 it's about 50 50 what most people say now as i mentioned on wednesday's y'all show if you happen to listen to it and if you didn't go back and listen to the conversation i had with jonathan lifite our acc insider i said what about the idea of all of our major conferences and if they do it the other conferences will likely do the same thing 
I guess it's going to kind of screw over Notre Dame and Army and Liberty <laughs> but and BYU too, is have the conferences essentially announce that they're only going to allow their members to have eight conference games, no non-conference games on the schedule, which would allow them to start the season, let's say, in October sometime. And so you have October and November of college football games, eight games for every school. Therefore, you can end up finding a way to crown a conference champion and at least get them to a conference championship game if you still want to have the game and have some kind of normality with at least conferences declaring a champion here this fall. Whether they get to go on and play for a national championship, that remains to be seen. But every conference's members know the eight conference games are supposed to be playing this year. And you just and they're all evenly divided. You've got four on the road and four at home. Let's just go ahead and worry about that. And that's the next step that they'll hopefully try to go to. And then if you can't do that, you just cancel the season. But before they just go canceling seasons, let's at least try to push it back to October and do maybe just an eight-game season, of which it would be conference. That's the John Rawl plan. I don't know if the NCAA will go for that or not or the various conferences. But they ought to. Well, one person that might go for that is Mike Leach. He's the new quarterback. He's the new head coach at Mississippi State. And he's got a great quarterback headed in his way. Sawyer Robertson has just declared his love of the maroon and white. He is an ESPN Junior 300 quarterback out of Lubbock, Texas. Six foot, 385 pounds, Coronado High School there in Buddy Holly's hometown. And he wants to come to Mississippi State and play a little football and baseball. He's the number one 50, he's rather the number 51 overall prospect from ESPN. And he's choosing the Mississippi State Bulldogs right now out of all the schools in Texas and more. And a, a fantastic opportunity for Mississippi State. Now, Leach has also got commitments from two other quarterbacks, Stanford transfer K.J. Costello and Vanderbilt transfer Allen Walters. And that's good quarterback news if you love the Mississippi State Bulldogs. If you love Mike Leach and you love Mississippi State too, we've got a great treat for you here as we wrap up today's Y'all Show. The coach was just on a Seattle ESPN affiliate talking about, of all things, mascots. And here's the pirate Mike Leach weighing in on his new conference, the SEC, and the various mascots found in the Southeastern Conference. Well, there's some redundancy to who's got what, because there's a couple Tigers. Um, uh, Let's see, Missouri's got a Tiger. Uh, Arkansas's got a Razorback. i got to think those Tigers would like... uh, you know, would like to eat one of those uh, razorbacks or pigs. Tigers are pretty formidable, and there's no two ways about that. You know, of course, can swim and climb and claw. Um, and then uh, you got two bulldogs with uh, Georgia and Mississippi State. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Alabama's the elephants. uh, uh you know, I think they're the elephants. It's, they're kind of one that that uh, splits direction. But as, as, as impressive as an elephant is, they say it's scared of a mouse. So it, it has a weakness somewhere. Um, oh, no, LSU's the Tigers, too. So now we're up to three ti- – or not LSU, Auburn. So we're up to three Tigers. Uh, but sometimes they have the eagle, the war eagle, Um so there's definitely a variety of uh, of mascots, but you know, after you you look at it carefully and you um, 
and you melt it all down, um, I think you pretty much have to go with the Mississippi State uh, uh, Bulldog. You know, I think that uh, I, I think he would uh, chase uh, he would chase the Bears around. That uh, Ole Miss is trying to figure out whether they're the Bears or the Rebels. They're the they're kind of a, a team without a mascot right now. And then, um, but I think that, uh, I think you got to go with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And I think even in pictures, uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs are a better looking bulldog than even George's is. Mike Leach of Mississippi State, and he was at Dunn there in his conversation with ESPN Radio Seattle. He also had fun talking about the new phenom on Netflix, and that would be Tiger King. I uh, definitely watched the Tiger King. It's a documentary that's in. It's got everything. Oh, it's yeah. got everything. It's nuts. It. If, if it wasn't real, if it wasn't outright real, you couldn't necessarily make a movie of it uh, exactly how it happened because it would be too unrealistic. And uh, uh, no, that was outstanding. I just finished that. Ozarks. Uh, which if you haven't seen those arts, you got to see it from the beginning. That's breaking bad for hillbillies. And, uh, so you need to see the first two seasons of that. So, um, you're ready for, uh, Ozarks to start this week. Uh, also I've been, uh, kind of eyeballing a Ken Burns documentary, which I always enjoy them, but you know, you don't think about them and they're hard to get into, but, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, and I've been I've been reading some books and things too, so it's been good. What was your favorite character? What was your favorite character in Tiger King? Oh, geez, well, that's the trouble with Tiger King is uh, is the characters aren't particularly likable, uh, and they're all <laughs> they're quite devious. They're, they're all they're all quite devious and self serving. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, uh, not to give anything away. Favorite characters, uh, probably the tigers. So um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, 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 the tigers would have to be. And then, uh, uh, oh shoot! And then, uh, yeah, then he does the video here, Kitty, Kitty. That was all time. Great song, great song. Honestly, it's Joe Exotic, underrated country musician. Yeah. Yeah, pretty soon everybody will be getting all his albums. <laughs> he is Coach Mike Leach. Oh, and yeah, Co- and the other thing, he sells underwear, too. How about that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to hear from Mississippi State football coach Mike Leach, and that was a conversation he had on Seattle's ESPN Radio this week. As we wrap up the show, one basketball news note to tell you about former Kentucky, former Texas A&M coach Billy Gillespie has now been hired as the head coach of Tarleton State. This program from Stephenville, Texas, is headed to Division I basketball, and he's agreed to a four-year deal according to the Stephenville, Texas-based school. Billy Gillespie back into the Division I ranks as a college basketball coach taking over at Tarleton State where, again, he was good at Texas A&M, so good that he got hired at Kentucky, replacing Tubby Smith. But then, let's just say VMI and other programs didn't treat him very well when he was coaching the Wildcats and ended up getting canned after some time there in the bluegrass. 
And that is a wrap on today's Y'all Show. We'll be right back here Friday with an all-new Y'all Show to wrap up the week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.